Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 364. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm Todd Oxtra from a balmy Savage, Minnesota, where it's 44 degrees and the snow's melting. Ooh, wait, let me check the 43 degrees here in Michigan and went for a very windy walk with my friend today. We walked into the wind, and so I, I, I felt I feel like I it peeled off a layer of skin, but it's awesome, all the snow melting, and of course, when the snow melts in your backyard, you get to see all the dog shit that you haven't picked up in three months. It's awesome! Uh, so I was just kind of, I spent a little bit of my afternoon doing that. It's terrific, and I, and I know that you want to hear all about it, dear listeners. So yes, I am here. Yes. I am I am here for you one hundred percent. Yes, that's why they come for the show, the dog poop talk. Oh well. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> Something that is that might have some dog poop in it. It is Adventure Comics number three sixty four. For twelve cents you get a great cover where it's the revolt of the super pets where we've Ooh. got Kiki the super horse. We've got yeah. uh Crypto the Super Dog. I usually that Stripesy the Super Cat with a lightning bolt on it. And I think oh. it's Hippo, the super monkey. Why well, you're on the Legion of Superheroes? You're you know colloquially colloquially kind of pulling those out of your ass because I I didn't know I mean maybe you were just making all that shit up but uh, yeah you got uh, you know crypto is biting the what is that is it future lad the, the kid in purple. Uh, he's something lad. boy, maybe Jupiter. Saturn girl. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but the only one who's really getting sacked to it is that you got the super horse absolutely walloping you know, Superboy right in the solar plexus. It's like, damn. You know, so I guess, you know, let this be a lesson to you. You know, this should be hanging in like a gigantic poster size frame in, in every PETA office in this in, in the world. Because this is terrific. Yeah, you're seeing them. You know, what what why did the super pets have to revolt? What did the super what did the, what did I'm the, guessing they got what a, they do? space rabies or maybe they had some kryptonite that make the animals go rabid? I mean, hopefully it was something that at the end of it, you know, if it was it was mistreatment of some kind that, you know, it really helped uh you know the the uh, I would keep wanting to say the super friends, the Legion of superheroes, to kind of you know you know get their stuff together. Uh, twelve uh, twelve cent cover price without even looking up would be the early nineteen sixties. So oh, yeah, not a lot of you know animal rights things happening back then. So you know maybe this was more of a watershed event than we realize. You know maybe yeah, maybe, maybe really the, the, the horse's name is not Kiki, it's Comet. <laughs> Kiki, Kiki, Kiki comment. I love it. Exactly. Um, and they're reenacting well, that famous copper tone cover where the dog is staring down the pants right. of the, the, the girl. But this time, the pants have now been ripped. So watch out because this does not look good for them. But this is also maybe one of the going to be the plot of the actual Super Pets movie that is coming out in a couple could of Could be. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. Well, speaking of things that are kicky, one thing that never kickies the bucket is our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb. She's out there on the street, the corner of Hollywood and Vine, getting us all the juiciest scoops. Uh, so let's pop on over there and figure out what is going on. Let's do it. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness. The Super Bowl is passed. And if you, Charlie, if you looked close enough, you saw one really bad um, background dancer, and that was Madam Webb. 
No, you know, and as opposed to dancing, it was probably a little bit more of epilepsy, uh, which we shouldn't make fun of. So or she was right just now. protesting her lack right. of rap. Uh, she just does not like the rap. Sorry. Yeah, um, I, yeah, yeah, I think she was back in the corner when you saw 50 Cent hanging around upside down. I, I, I swear I saw her, but I could be wrong. I don't know. She's everywhere. She's absolutely everywhere. But oh, she uh, is. the first great scoop that she's bringing us this week is that, the, you know, I can't even believe we got an actual... Uh, date for this because I thought this was going to be like Chinese Democracy, the famous Guns N' Roses album, because we haven't had uh, Stranger Things uh, on Netflix since 2019, 2018. Yeah, 2019. I mean, you know, so that's now, you know, three years gone by. That's absolutely crazy. But anyway, we did get an actual drop date of May 27, which is now just two, three, three months away. Three, May, months, June, away. June, three months away, which is crazy. Uh, and they, you know, because they spent so much time filming it, uh, you know, so it, what, what would have been considered probably a normal season of 20 or 22 episodes. Now it's split into two volumes, but uh, we get those first episodes and then it really just segues. Uh, well, this is just weird. So it'll be split into two volumes with the second batch beginning on July 1, which is five weeks later. So it must be five and five. So yeah, yeah how, how how is that longer? That just they've just confused me. They probably um, want to take advantage of both holidays, so Memorial Day right, and right. then also Fourth of July weekend. Get a lot of people just hey, you got nothing better to do? Watch a lot of this. Don't go outside. Don't get your face no, on nature. Don't. Watch our stuff. No nature. What's so crazy is reading through this article. The Duffer Brothers are the guys who make it, and this is their quote. They made mention to the fact that the story started seven years ago. My God, I know that I that know. is that is absolutely crazy. So these kids are not kids anymore. You got you know uh, Millie Bobby Brown not doing stuff. Him Wolf Wolfhard is in you know the Ghostbusters reboot and all this. He's different in, stuff. He's in, he is the um, the retro kid as they would call him because he's right. in like every retro thing. Right, exactly correct. So uh, this looks great, and yeah, you're right. So it seems like it'll just keep cranking. Um, for a total of nine episodes, nine episodes. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. oh, it's super long season yet, apparently. Yeah, I, is it? Where the other? Well, I guess you know. Yeah, if the other yeah. seasons were like, oh, it's eight episodes or whatever. So, anyway, I mean, I'm I'm ready for it. I've always, I, I've watched this show from the get go. Um, you know, might be due for a, a, a rewatch, particularly since there's not many episodes. Just because I all I remember at the end of the last one is that you know Hooper, the the sheriff, uh, what's his butt, you know, the Red Guardian, uh, got absconded to, uh, and it was heavily hinted that he ended up in Russia. Ironically, uh, so and I think I think some of the production photos that they've outlined have shown him there as you know being in a gulag or something. So I'm the most concerned about him because you know kids will be kids. Um, but yeah, so this. This is, and they're really touting this as the, no, they are saying there's going to be season five. Yeah, this is uh, the penultimate, so we got one more season right. after this, yeah. Right. Um, and it makes sense, because, I mean, I mean, you can only tie so many storylines into this type of thing. And after, if they kept on going, like with like Walking Dead, it would just, it would have, it would lose its bite, and people would stop caring, and it would just go out with a, a, a fizzle, which I think right. this is going to go out with a bang, hopefully. Which reminds me, I think Mocking Dead might be back, but we I, we haven't really tuned in, so I, I don't feel like it's something we're missing it, in is our that lives. Charlie, the Mocking Dead, the yeah, the, the Mockter, the remember yes. the 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 laughing, the the mocking laughter, Mockter. Oh, was that <laughs> was, uh, the state? No, I actually think it might be. I actually either that or a buddy of mine from high school coined it. But anyway, it's great. I 
love it. So yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, so I look forward to that. But moving on, uh, we Todd, this was one. This was a title from back in the day. Uh, I was in our, college. Yeah, I bought. Yeah, it. I exactly. We were reading it, but I picked it up, and I'm like, "Wow, this one blew my socks off." And that's the Thunder. Yeah, um, right. I, yeah, and and, and this was who wrote it originally. I'm trying to remember who. Pro- yeah, pro- probably so. And it was your your best friend Mark Bagley was the artist. But this was one of the few, uh, and I think it happened at the end of the first episode where you get, there was a real gotcha where there was a, you know it was right it was immediately after uh, onslaught. Uh, and the Avengers were ostensibly dead, though they were ended up in this you know shitty pocket universe that thankfully they came back from. Um, and a new superhero team jumps, uh, you know, onto the scene and blah blah blah. They're doing a bunch of stuff, and in the last couple of panels of that first issue, it's revealed that they are simply uh, supervillains who have rebranded themselves as heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that was in '97. I'm going to say early '97 because yeah, we were you know you and I were going to the comic shop every week and picking our stuff up. So yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so this fan this you know fan favorite is going to return. Um, it's not exactly the original setup of B and C tier Marvel baddies, an anti-hero is trying to redeem themselves. And so I, you know, and, and again, it's a, it's a five issue run. So good. You know what? Maybe Marvel's finally starting to figure out that, Hey, let's do five issue little mini blurbs instead of having nine issues and then canceling it. Cause nobody's reading it. Um, but it sounds like, yeah, we're going to get uh, a lineup of spectrum. That would be Monica Rambeau, uh, America Chavez, who are then going to see obviously in, uh, Dr. Strange two, uh, Kara, Kara Kilgrave, I would have mentioned the Purple Man, Power Man, not, mm-hmm. not, not the Power Man I'm thinking of, and then Clint Barton, who of course, uh, or a, a new character called Guts and Glory, uh, Guts, Guts and name. Glory, I, I just got Glory. it. Yes. Yeah, and led led by Clint Barton Hawkeye, who uh, eventually went on to led the team pretty early in their run. I guess the thing about this for me, and I guess it's a mini series, is that if they're not really pursuing the original premise. I guess I guess I'm kind of wondering what what sets. Why would they apart, take the name? So. Yeah, well, what would yeah. what would be make it interesting unless? And quite honestly, I I don't know if the Thunderbolts were ever revealed to the public as like uh, you know villains or how that came about. But I mean, you wouldn't want to use a, a moniker that had villainous connotations. And I think this is, there's been many versions of the Thunderbolts throughout time. They 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 had a version that I think that uh, the Red Hulk. Uh, under uh, Ross, when he was the Red Hulk, was was part of that team. So right, there's right. Been many versions of it. So yeah, I, it's kind of a hmm. It, it's once again, are they go- dipping into some like nostalgia that's like twenty years old? That is it worth it? 20, 20, 20, 25 years old. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, I, old. Yeah. Yeah, I well, dude, we're you know my birthday's this week. I'm going to be forty six by the time you're listening to this. So, and Todd, Todd, you're you're going to be lucky number forty seven, which is the start uh, magic Star Trek it. number. Star magic it. Star Trek number. Can't wait to to hang that on the on the line this time next year. I'll be very excited. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Again, I love uh, I you know I love Thunderbolts at the time, um, and it was like I said to me, it was one of the great gotchas. Of, of all time for me reading comics that you were like, oh, I never yeah. saw this coming. This is amazing. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but one thing I will I will commend Marvel for is embracing a, you know, a, 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 a ADD format, which I, I, I can joke because yeah. I have ADD. Relaunch kind of sh- after 10 yeah. issues and kill it off. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. You know, give somebody a taste, and for some reason it's a great seller, bring it back. But don't just bring in something that people aren't going to care about. Ooh, Todd. This next story, 
I have to love your source, but I, so I'm gonna let you talk about this first. All right, yes. <laughs> so um, it's interesting. Back in the old day, they used to have a thing called Upfronts, which was just the major right. networks where they would kind of I reveal will. their next their next lineup of shows for the fall. Um, I will tell you that um, it was because of the network Upfronts in I'm going to say 2004 that was my one and only trip to New York City. My mother reached it. My mother, who was a national sales director at the local ABC station, said, "I'm going to New York. You know, uh, you, you know, come with me. You can crash on the couch in my in my room in Manhattan." I was like, "Hell yeah!" I was single at the time. That was awesome. And that now my wife just started working for a company in New York City. She's going to be going there a couple times a year. Or so talk about. Johnny Tagalong. I cannot wait to get back to the big city, but I digress. Very cool. A city I've never been to. I would love to go eventually, and maybe that will be on my 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 bucket list. Um, it's okay. it's uh, it, it is it is a place like no other. I will say that's even right. from my even from my brief visit. But anyway, back to the story. Yes, yeah, so Paramount uh, essentially is digging deep. Paramount Plus um, is obviously the streaming network. They have now taken CBS Viacom and have now turned it to just a Paramount, which is essentially when I looked at the history of CBS and Paramount and everything, I mean, they kind of came about the same time. And it was just, they, they kind of had a crazy history. But now it's just one thing. Paramount was always the movie company. And then they did some TV stuff, but now it's one thing. So they, they decided that they're going to have their upfronts essentially talk about what is coming in the year uh, and beyond. Uh, one of those is we're getting a quiet place part three with John Krasinski, mm-hmm. uh, Krasinski that's coming out in 2025. There's also a, a side project coming out in 2023, but it is not mm-hmm. by uh, Krasinski. We're getting a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog stuff. We obviously are getting the movie. Right, we're getting time. a live action Sonic series featuring knuckles right. and then um there's SpongeBob. a movie <laughs> spongebob is getting right. uh three brand new movies uh and then a fourth spongebob release for animation and then charlie right. will talk about this uh in the oh, next yes. part of the story star trek is getting a movie mm. in the jj verse um uh, okay <laughs> yeah we'll talk about the the, the end Gene wolf is coming right. back again that was an mtv series um, that was that was one i i know that that my my son and april uh absolutely loved that was one that they dug and i i love the mtv cross the mtv studios uh entertainment studios crossover part but uh, I, and we're huge fans of, of Tyler Sheridan, who makes Yellowstone that I was just talking about. But that damn show is not on Paramount Plus. Boo! Um, but they're they're producing they're producing some pretty entertaining stuff. And I watched some episodes of the Teen Wolf show back in the day. And I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But again, it's you know, it's your supernatural meets Archie meets nine two and kind kind of vibe. So that, that's pretty sweet. I, I like it. Yeah, it's the original cast coming back. They're going to have a full-length movie, so we'll see if that gets the attention versus being on MTV, which really is not a place for that type of content. It's all about what reality shows and reruns of uh, stupid stuff, deranged or whatever they call it. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely no idea. So, uh, yeah, we got the Ninja Turtles making a comeback. Yeah, uh, the new animated. Yeah. This is a weird one, though. This is the one that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg 
are going to be doing a new movie right. that's animated, and there's going to also be uh, a new animated series. A lot of people don't like the current animated series. I looked at it. looks like it was drawn by uh, me after a long night drinking, so <laughs> not too hot. Uh, that's coming, because right. that, that just doesn't stop. Turtles do not stop. Uh, Transformers, apparently they are coming back after... After Butter Bumblebee came out in I think what was 2018 maybe probably so yeah sense. yeah so they're making Thank Transformers God. Rise of the Beasts in 2023 it's going to be the first of three film installments um, and mm -hmm. then there apparently is going to be uh, an untitled tra animated Transformers film as well which is interesting there has not been an animated Transformers film since the original one came out in '86. Oh my. They're going back, digging deep in a lot of the the, the well-known properties. So hopefully this is done well. Um, you know, there's a lot of other stuff for kids, but apparently they're digging back into Charlie that Dora the Explorer uh, movie where it was live action was kind of like tongue in cheek. That's coming back right. as a live action series. Um, oh, that was that was a cool one. Uh, and we should pick this up because there's a lot to it. But uh, on the adult animation side, we're getting Beavis and Butthead. That was a classic from when we were in high school. Who knows how relevant it'll be in this day and age? It'll be interesting. And then South Park has been having quite a genesis on Paramount Plus. They've had the the COVID special and the after after COVID special and stuff. So, and then it looks like the entire well, those were on HBO. Those are yeah. made for HBO Max though. Oh, which is my weird. mistake. So it's like right. yeah. So now that Paramount exists, they have a home right. now because uh, that's right. Yeah, property. Yeah, the, yeah. The entirety of the series will apparently be there in 2025. 27 seasons. I couldn't tell you that I watched that show with any any consistency after like the third or fourth year to be honest with yeah. you so i i have not i have not kept up it's a bunch of unscripted stuff which is really not our scene nope. um but ag again i was just uh chatting about yellowstone and this is which is a show that april and i love and we'd love the works of this dude tyler sheridan who has made that show in then 1883 but now he's tired you're gonna love this because i know you love numbers 1932 uh, we'll follow the same family which is the dutton family uh during the time of western expansion prohibition and the great Depression, which was also, if I'm remembering my U.S. history, the time of the Dust Bowl uh, in the Plain States, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which was a devasta yep. devastation for farmers. So I, I love what this well, guy that'll does. That'll be He's, exciting. Yeah. There's another Dust right. Day. <laughs> Here it comes. No, Tyler Sheridan, he's he's a very accomplished writer-director. He's got a real eye into the Native American community, which is a big part of all of his shows. Um, so I we have really as far as creators that that do something that's a little bit outside the geek world, I, I really like this guy's stuff. He's really somebody who I've So this is uh, like the new NCIS or CSI where well, it's gonna be a spin-off. So funny that you say that because uh, skimming down to the the expansions of popular primetime entertainment, NCIS Sydney, which I assume is a, is, an is there an, is there a, is there a naval like station in Sydney or something? I you, you know yeah we we would have to look it up. I, I know that what's funny is I know that during uh, Jag, which was the show that spun off NCIS in the first place, there was a uh, you know Harm, who was the main character, had a romantic rival for Max Affections, and he was Brumby. He was an Australian exchange officer who was on the show for a couple of years. So this just kind of unfortunately that actor committed suicide a couple of years later so he won't he won't obviously be returning but um yeah ncis Wait, I, maybe I mean, ncis should have looked into that murder or ooh, maybe that yes exactly was it really a suicide um but yeah these are the, the ncis are shows that, that my mother watches without i mean when she stayed with us before thanksgiving she was like oh i told the story i'm like oh the show wasn't on last night i gotta watch the first thing i'm like mom i got some work to do before i go out no, no, no i gotta watch one, it right away i've watched one 
And apparently they hired script writers from SNL and said, write something ridiculous. And they just it was just yes. The latest one is the one Hawaii with I think Nick Lachey's wife. Yeah, not so great. Uh, and speaking of another thing that your parents watched, Seal Team is getting its own movie. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, Paramount, sure. Paramount, Paramount is absolutely uh, blowing it up. But uh, you know, and we talked about this uh, before. Uh, by the time you're listening to this episode, you will hopefully have, if you subscribe to our network feed or the individual feed, be listening to Code 47, which is our Star Trek show, uh, currently hosted by myself and Katie Quinn. Uh, we talked about the fact that um, we've known for a little while that Star Trek is coming back to the movies. Uh, it was revealed to us this week that that will be a return to the Kelvin universe or the universe created in 2009 by writer-producer J.J. Abrams, uh, which is a soft-ish reboot of the original series starring Chris Pine, Zachary Kinto, Carl Urban, and others, which many people had mixed feelings about. I would be one of those people. Um, but one thing, uh, you know, so you know, for good or for bad, I'm certainly excited to see a Star Trek back on the big screen, if not for a very brief diversion, because Todd and you and I have uh, definitely share the opinion that the small screen is where Star Trek belongs. They're in the middle of this great renaissance where they have more uh, productions and play than they ever have before and, and very tight and very different storytelling. Um, but one thing I'm definitely not feeling like we're missing out upon is the thing that I've dreaded uh, since it was um, mentioned. It looks it says right here in this article uh, in late 2017 that uh, Quentin Tarantino was lined up for the possibility uh, of doing a Star Trek film. And this was, this was the great, for a lot of us, it was kind of the grown herd, the grown herd around the world, because I can really think of few people that thematically and, and spiritually and tone wise would be a more poor fit for the Star Trek franchise. Um, Cause if I, yeah, if I think about Pulp what Fiction. What about the director of Porky's Charlie? Is he still? I, 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 I couldn't even tell you who that was. Or the guy who directed My Bloody Valentine, you know. Sure, a stone, Vinny. A, a stone's throw away from where our co-host Mark uh, Mark Carabin lives out there on uh, CBE. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't want to think about it. Is Tarantino intended to bring a Pulp Fiction vibe to Star Trek with an idea that it was a largely earthbound uh, story set in a 1930s gangster setting, which they've already done. I was going to say, that sounds yeah. like an episode we've yeah, seen. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was a season two episode of TOS called A Piece of the Action. Great episode. I don't need to see that with people getting shot in the head and dropping F-bombs every other word. So thank God that Cooler Heads prevailed in this project fell out because again star trek with a gangster setting there's just there's no connection it's star trek it's a thing that you always complain about star wars todd you're like where's the star and where's the wars because now we're just on tattooing you know yeah i i think in a lot of these things so like i mean just the, the the first part of the story was obviously we're getting the kelvin universe back and everything which i thought was just odd because i thought that was kind of a placeholder until Star Wars, Star Trek prop, proper got back in its groove, which it is now. Right. Which Very much is, so. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I don't understand the need to bring back that cast because I think it kind of played out. It did its job to bring people back. Star Trek is now firing all cylinders. They've got lots of different shows doing a lot of different things. And I just don't see the rationale for bringing it back. If they were going to do a movie, I thought, well, maybe they could do something that could potentially bring all of the shows together in a way 
you know, kind of like generations or something like that. I mean, I don't know how it worked, but I thought that would be big enough reason to, which if they had a good story, why not? It could be fun. Mm-hmm. But with this, it just seems like, oh God, why are they doing it? So it seems like an old legacy thing. And I'm thinking maybe because if you think about the primary cast of these movies, none of them are really having career, like their careers seem to be stalled. And it thinks maybe this is the thing they were cheap enough to finally come back. Because Chris Pine's not doing anything. Uh, Quinto isn't doing anything. Zoe Saldano. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, Simon Pegg, I mean, he's still directing and things like that. But And then, well, we have, you know, obviously Chekhov will not be in this movie. And then right. uh, John Cho is kind of doing stuff. But, like, you know what I mean? That It's like they're probably cheap to get back. So it's like, you know what? If they could come up with it, maybe they, they can do something and find a different viewpoint maybe merge them. I still am confused where this stuff all exists today. I don't know where this Calvin universe exists. If any of it still crosses over or not, I don't know. I really don't care. Right. I hear you. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I, I, yeah, I would, I would absolutely like to see it go away. Um, because again, you know, move, yeah, moving forward. Uh, I would say that that franchise was tremendously successful. Um, so I don't know that, um, bringing it back is ever going to have any tremendous benefit, but yeah. Oh, and, and, anyway. and on the, and then on the Tarantino piece, I think is once again, it was at that time where Star Trek needed some buzz and it was probably like, well, if these shows didn't work, we could do something really out of the pocket and just say, Hey, we're going to do something crazy with Tarantino. But at this point, yeah, I think a lot of these ideas died and they went away and it's like, let's just go on with what we got, but it would be cool to see Star Trek, come back on the big screen for a real reason, not just because we want some money. Right, exactly. So speaking of want some money and wanting to keep some eyes on, Todd, I'm going to tee this one up for something that I just know you want to tear into. So please, by all means, go ahead. Okay, so apparently, spoilers, uh, the story's out. It's uh, This is StarWarsNews.net.com. I don't know if this is a reliable source or not, but I'm hearing this from a lot of different sources that the alleged plot or the main reason for the Obi-Wan uh, series will be that he is called back to protect Princess Leia at the age of 10. So Luke and Leia, that would have been 10 years post, um, obviously, right. uh, the Sith movie. And uh, let's see, that would make it, let's see, I'm trying to think the, the timing of everything. Well, it would, would I'm thinking that? it would be between the first and second segments of the solo film. Okay. Um, because you got the feeling that the first part of Solo, when you know he he enacts the Great Escape from the from Corellia and the gangster land, was probably six or seven years post uh, sure. Revenge of okay. the Sith, and then you jump forward probably a decade from there, maybe a little bit less, putting it you know. Uh, well, no, 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 excuse me. You only jumped forward three years because uh, you see Han went to the Imperial Academy and he washed out and then he was he was with Woody Harrelson and the gang. Um, so, yeah. So you're looking at between six and like nine years pre uh, episode four. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's just that's just my you know, when you see dear listeners, when you see me close my eyes like this, I'm doing mental math. That's what that means. So I was doing yeah. mental math. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put little bubbles above Charlie's and like yes, light please. bulbs. And yeah. But I mean, so essentially they're saying I'll just read what they say. We have learned that Obi-Wan will have an important mission in the series that involve none other than Her Highness Princess Leia. As we know, the Kenobi series takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Yep. So this will be a 10 year old Leia. Additionally, we've learned from the princess managed to get herself into trouble. 
trouble even at this young age. But we've heard it appears that the princess is being held prisoner in a cantina-like establishment. God, don't let it be t- Tatooine, please, Charlie. Todd, you shut up. Because you know it can either be Tatooine, Jakku, which we saw in the prequel trilogy, or yes. there's I know there's Navarro, there which is kind of a desert planet, the the one from the Mandalorian. So you got three three choices. Um yep. I mean it could be it, it, it could mean, be it could be Tatooine because he's already there, well, but there's gotta be more than one bar in the universe, right? So I'm just no, thinking I'm just being stupid, right? Maybe so. <laughs> but I just um you know, I see two sides of this coin. A, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, but Disney's obviously really going after fami- you know familiar elements uh, mm-hmm. to to hook the oh yeah, Princess Leia. I know that character because I watched Star Wars as a kid and yada yada yada. Uh, the familiar, but again, the laziest of the lazy storytelling elements is like let's take a couple of different things. I mean, the whole Boba Fett series was relying on familiar elements and you know the uh obi-wan is relying on familiar elements and andor is you know relying on familiar elements so but yeah to say oh the main drive of the series is going to be familiar element a and familiar element b or yeah. maybe that's just going to be one episode. It'd be great if it was one episode. He comes or two yeah. episodes and six he comes episodes, in. right? I think is what yeah. we're getting. Yeah, you know. So he comes in and he is so you know based on that, it'll probably that'll probably be the thrust of the series because it's so short. But um, yeah, I just I, I you know I I'm with you in this regard because again I like to be all rah rah sis boom bah about this kind of stuff. But that this does seem particularly lazy to me. Unfortunately, how do they dance around it? Right. Because she never met Obi-Wan Kenobi before then. Or did she meet Ben and like, oh, well, I mean, she, uh, you know, she obviously the the whole thing that set off episode four is, you know, she sent R2 with the recorded message. And it was uh, General General Kenobi. You served my father in the Clone Wars, blah, blah, blah. We don't really know that they've not met. But again, if she was 10 years old uh, in the middle of a hostage situation of which she's the hostage and maybe she doesn't really have any maybe you know maybe it's a ptsd thing maybe she's blocked it out you don't know but she doesn't explicitly say that she never met him okay okay well i'll, you know I mean? I'll leave i'll leave it as it is and if again this yeah off, if this of, gets him off tatooine yeah i'll be more than happy i go agree see the, go see the world go see the other planets have a you good know, time get a ship you know go to yeah. a spa have a good time get a manicure Right, and go and do what you need to do, and maybe it's like a one-off. Maybe this is one episode where he saves her, and right. some, he does something else. I would be all for that. You know, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I can't hardly see how Kenobi would be more than these six episodes. You know what I mean? Because again, yeah. it's not like he got into that. Much. You know, we know he did oh, a couple different. Charlie, things. I'm going to spoil it right now for you. What's going to happen is do it. Do it. Episodes, there'll be only so the first two episodes will be at about Obi Wan. The middle three will be about young Le- Leia having adventures, goofy adventures, and then he'll be he'll be in the sixth episode. He'll come back. Oh, that. there you go. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, somehow the Mandalorian will show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be Grogu. Oh my God! What if they find a way? Because Grogu was you know whatever he was wherever. What if they find a way to stick him in this as well? Oh, and um, even younger baby Grogu. Oh no, we find right. out Grogu's like we we see Grogu Grogu being born. Would that no, be no, 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 
No, no, because you saw you saw him during oh, God, the that's, during the, that's right. You saw him during the siege of the Jedi Temple, you know, in which he didn't age at all during those you know thirty something years. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah. twenty five years that went by. So yeah, no. So or we see um, Yaddle holding onto baby. Oh, no, you yeah, they, yeah. That's the popular. Well, that's that's Yoda and Yaddle's baby, whatever. And plus, it gives you a chance to stick only in. two because we only know yeah. two Yoda people. So I mean, well, that's, like, that, well, that's just the thing. I mean, if you never see anybody else from their race, what if what if they were the last two? Man, you know they should have I mean? got busy. Should have got I, busy. Well, you don't know that they didn't. Why do you think they have Kroku? It's their baby. And he's wearing the same outfit. But anyway, um, yeah, we get Obi-Wan on May 25. Uh, so at that time, we will have some answers. So again, a, you know, as a Star Wars aficionado, and of course, a host of your bi-weekly Secret Friends Unite Star Wars podcast, The Holocron Chronicles, you will be hearing all about it on our show. So yeah, Todd, that takes us out of the news. Um, but let me let me get my phone out of my pocket here because uh, somebody just tried to pick my pocket. This is a bad neighborhood. Uh, let me call up an Uber and let me get us down to the the, the to Skunk Town, to Skag Town, Zero Town, where we will visit the Geek Easy, our favorite geek establishment for geek libations and conversation. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Charlie, please tip Nathan Drake, or he will steal from you. He's a very good bartender, but not a nice guy. Stealing or stabbing or both. You know, I don't have any, any qualifiers either way. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, I this week I didn't get to watch as much, just a lot of stuff going on, but I did watch something that was very easy to watch, and we watched it, We were actually watching it just not that long ago, which is Slugfest. This is that show I told you about on Roku. It's got mm-hmm. 10 episodes or roughly 10 minutes each, which is perfect length to get like one small story, tell it. It's basically a reenactment of the people that were involved in it, but it's cast with actors you know, which is a very interesting. Like uh, The first story was episode nine was all about the clone saga, Charlie, the Spider-Man clone saga. Cause D at the time, Marvel was kind of like struggling against the big stuff. DC was pulling out of their hat. They're like, we need to get in these sales figures. Marvel was having a tough time. And, right, and, and it was just, a, yeah. it was, it was just a couple of years after the death of Superman, which I love that, yeah. that, that little Max Landis dramatization of that. That was, will always yep. be one of my favorites, but yeah, that was one of those things that was like, Oh, we did this. And then again, you know, as Max Landis pointed out, it forever broke death in comics. Well, the first clone war saga, or yeah, I say the first clone war saga because that didn't go away was the thing that broke Spider-Man for me. I was like, Oh, yeah, um, and, 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 and and subsequently, what's funny is that in the last five or six years, they've done a couple of resurgence of that. They did the clone conspiracy and the clone. They did a second one where I really liked it. I think they actually told it where they brought Ben Riley back and then they took him away again. And now he's back again. So I've not been keeping up. I, I Todd, I have not stayed on top of my reign as being... Re- 100% readership rate of the amazing no. Spider-Man. I, I, I do, I do have to catch up. I'm, I'm probably at least 10 issues behind, so I just need to hop on it, but certainly now with the damn comiXology app, whatever the hell it is they did with that. But fortunately, Marvel, the Marvel unlimited app hasn't changed much. 
Yeah, it was a it's a really fun episode because um, they go into how, why it came about, kind of like how it was pitched, and it was funny because uh, Peter Fascinelli was playing uh, one of the writers, and um, oh god, what is his name? Uh, not Horatio Sands. He's the big guy from uh, SNL who left. You, uh, Bobby Moynihan. Yes, Maybe. Bobby Moynihan played Howard Mackey. So, and then Clark uh, Clark Gregg was who did he play? He played um, Terry Stewart, uh, the editor at the time, editor in chief of Spider Man comics. So, um, it was very funny. It was just like pitch an idea and like we got nothing. Uh, clones, and they brought back Jer- Jer- Jerry Conway's idea. Jerry Conway actually spoke about it, and it was very funny. And like they they said sales are so good, and they're like this was originally an only a three month idea, and they were like, um, and then marketing would come back. Hey, this has got to keep going. They're like it does. Okay, <laughs> the marketing just keeps coming back to their door. They're like, really. And so it was very funny, the fact that it's like they all ag- ag- admitted essentially that went on way too long. They really did not intend this to go that long, but the sales and then it, it just kept on dragging. It was just interesting. Right. They they And then it kind of capped off, they said, with the whole Marvel bankruptcy in 97 or 96, 97, somewhere around there. And they, they just it, it was just a very good synopsis of the story. The, the people they brought in, the tongue in cheek was very good. Um, right. And then that was followed up with the 10th episode, which was Stan Lee, Just Imagine. That's where Stan Lee went to um, D.C. to write those stories where it was Stan's take on Batman and Superman and things like that if he did their origin story. Lots of word bubbles. Just count on it. Exactly. But the funny part was this was coming out of the bankruptcy. Stan Lee and a lot of people were out of their contracts. Essentially, Stanley was no longer a Marvel employee because Marvel was in bankruptcy. So it, it was all about Michael Uslan, who did the the production on. He was a producer on the Batman movies. He was so excited because he saw Stanley and Bob Kane talking at the Batman premiere, and he saw that he's like, it got him an idea. Like, hmm, maybe Stanley could write for Marvel. Nine years passed or something since that premiere. And it was just interesting. They talked about it, and they had um, Pete, no, who, who was it? Lance Henriksen was playing Stan Lee. Um, yeah, it was it was really interesting how they had uh, certain people in there. They went back and forth, and he was a nice Stan Lee versus you know some of the other Stan Lees where, you know, he can be a jerk. We've all seen him before. Um, it, it's funny because right. Sean Gunn played Stan Lee also in this as well. Not the same episode, uh, but it's it just yeah, yeah. just like the way they did this. Ten minutes to tell the story. It was very nice, kept off with, you know, a memorial about Stanley's death. And they they so did DC did a one pager with yeah. uh, a, a, when in memoriam of Stan. So it was like it was just a nice cap of the whole yeah. slug, Marvel versus DC talking about even the biggest, you know, antagonists can come together right. for, for good things. Right. So yeah, so Tad, you are the new spokesperson for this is Roku channel. So you're yeah, the Roku, new spokesperson yeah. for Roku. And it's the, you know, spiritual spiritual successor to Quibi with this little ten minute episode. So you just you know, stay on me. I'll tune into this and I'll it's, tune into it. It's the a good watch. It's just like I said, yeah. ten minute episodes. Yeah. And they're just cool little stories that are not necessarily known by the broad public. It's right. kind of neat. And the, the the tack they bring with just casting them, very, very fun. So check out Slugfest. It's very cool. Um and very before I go move on, something that they Debuted on Netflix. I, I watched the first episode. It's called Cuphead. Very, very. Oh cute. Yeah, yeah, I saw that's that's one of your uh, that's a video game. Yeah, it is. But it's like a video game that has like that Fleischer '30s animation style. Um, mm. Very cute, funny, and goofy. And they decided to make an animated series. Episodes are like 15 minutes long. 
That's cool. And it's and it's very well done. Like Wayne Brady's playing like a character, so very uh, you know, very cool and hip. He like plays a dice guy and and they have uh the devil in the first episode. It has a song. It's very cool and jazzy. Very fun. It's it's if you like want something that's for the kids but also for adults. It's it's very tongue in cheek. It's it's not like a little kids show. It's it's definitely a little right. bit more edgy but good. So check out I, uh Cuphead I, if you I, want something fun. No, that's that 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 is fun. But I didn't uh, say cool, Charlie. You did, I, well, you know what? I was paying attention. You know what? That that's growth. It's it's growth to expand your uh, your vernacular. I just well, I'm, I'm very I'm very proud of you. Well, now we and, can pivot over to you. Oh no! Oh, you were so close. Fifty percent. Um, uh, in addition to uh, doing uh, starting a watch of uh, Thirty Rock with my wife because she'd never seen it all, and I got a few chuckles out of her because I was trying to follow up. Uh, the fact that we racked up watching Sh- uh, Shit's Creek this week and Schmidt's yes, Creek. Schmidt, is that what I called it? Shit's Creek. No. <laughs> Schmidt's um, day. Remember that yeah, she, Oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, exactly. Um old SNL sketch, which would not play in this day and age. No. But um yeah, I talked about Schitt's Creek in uh in previous episodes. Uh this was one that it, that I finally had to get one over to. And it was funny, we, we were wrapping it up, I was saying April, I said, I almost feel like I need to watch the pilot again to see the particulars of kind of how they ended up here. But what a wonderful story. And it was it was a great, you know, uh, finale kind of wrapped up with a bow. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it because if you've not watched this show, you are mi- you are missing out. And this is what I what I found out in the uh in the final analysis. And there is a very heartfelt um, retrospective that is also there uh, on Netflix to watch. So I would recommend both. Uh, again, you know, you have six seasons, but it's only anywhere between 11 and 14 episodes. So it's not as much of a slog as you would think. April and I got through it in a couple of weeks because we, you know, we watch stuff in the morning at lunchtime and then again in the evening because, you know, we're empty nesters and we don't have kids to chase around. So that makes it easy for us. It's not the case for everybody. So, um, but again, it's very heartfelt and just filled with, you know, kind of laugh out loud comedy that even my wife, April, who is not a laugh out loud kind of individual when it comes to stuff on TV, she was just roiling uh, watching the show, just absolutely loving it. So, yes, I would recommend it for that regard. But uh, more on the geek side, Peacemaker wrapped up this week. And yes, oh I finished it up. My today. God, this is my favorite DC thing since the dark night i would say i mean because dc has had a lot of kind of fart and church kind of productions in the last 10 years Let, let's be honest todd even though you and i liked man of steel most people hate it uh the justice league movie uh got better with the recut but the theatrical cut was a train wreck bbs was a train wreck i know in a lot of ways that we talked about it this is you know they handed something to james gunn uh, with the Suicide Squad, which came out last summer, which I enjoyed very much, uh, but it gave us John Cena, who I have just, I've come to love him kind of like the way I love Arnold Schwarzenegger when I was a kid, or the way that I kind of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's weird how I'm not a, into wrestling and the whole culture, but every once in a while they'll give me a character who does character caricatures as an actor that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. John, John Cena is kind of my latest, because... I love him as Chris Smith, a.k.a. the Peacemaker, kind of this, this uh, quasi-fascistic uh, idealist who somehow has the ability to not die because, again, he got shot in the throat in Suicide Squad but lived. Uh, he gets severely kicked around and dropped out of things and hit with things in, in this and somehow survives. Um, but, the, yeah, this was seven episodes of comedic dramedy, if you will, uh, kind of fulfilled by a storyline of an alien invasion. Um, 
that you really saw him grow as a character. So I absolutely love this. The, that final episode was totally action-packed. I wanted to see a big makeout scene between him and Harcourt, but I didn't get it. But they got a they got a nice hand squeeze. So that's something. Um, but I love this, man. This is this is my favorite thing DC has done in the last 15 years, in my opinion. It's, I it's love a, it. It's, it's a cool show because I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't convinced when they said there's going to be a spinoff. It's going to be Peacemaker. And I'm like, how are they going to do this? And it, it, they, 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 they took a different approach. I mean, and I appreciated that. I mean, it's definitely not toned down at all. It is definitely in your face. It doesn't pull punches. The characters are all get a little bit of their time to shine, which I appreciated. Right. Right. Um, and then there is some, like you said, there's growth with these characters. Um, right. Yeah, I, I and, like that. I like that. Yeah. And it's not it's not it's not given uh, that you're going to see that in this kind of series. It could all simply be very one note, uh, you know, and again, you, you did have characters that were spinning out of um out of that suicide squad film in this final episode, you see Viola Davis again. Does it look like maybe she had, you know, some kind of bariatric surgery? She looked like she lost about a hundred pounds from the last time we saw her. She was very tiny. Did you notice that? Or was that, was that just me picking that up? Yeah, I, I guess I just didn't really notice. Uh, but yeah, she, she had an appearance at the end and um, we did get a cool cameo. Oh, I use the term Charlie. Oh, Sorry. The, the, yes. the cool, the cool count now sits at two, but the first one was done ironically. So exactly. It's like, a, it's like a half. So one and a half. So a nice cameo at the end. Well, we can only say there's actually two actors and, Two shadows. <laughs> right. Oh, it was done yeah. absolutely beautifully. So, yes, we did get a great cameo. Excuse me, spoilers. But, again, the episode was on by the time we listened to this a whole week ago. But we did get a spoiler of Jason Momoa as Aquaman and of Ezra Miller as The Flash, uh, where, uh, obviously, John Cena, the Peacemaker, gets to make a fish-fucking joke uh, at Aquaman's expense. And <laughs> and then you get to, you know, Ezra's like, well... He's like, it's not true, asshole. Aquaman says, and Ezra's like, well, it kind of is. Like, You're a dick, Barry. That was just, yeah. and Very what's fun? That was great, and it was funny. I actually watched this on Thursday night because I thought it was a, a Friday show, but I got a I got a notification from HBO Max that it was on Thursday, so I could have been living alive this whole time. But uh, yeah, usually you know Thursday is Star Trek, and then Peacemaker was Friday. But now we're down to we're not only down to just Star Trek, but on March third we'll have. Two Star Treks because we'll have Picard as well. So I'm gonna have to get up an hour earlier to watch more Star Trek. I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning now to watch more Star. Trek. Oh my goodness, Charlie! But we did get no. I mean, they did announce that there's going to be a second season of Peacemaker. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. I mean, in spoilers once again. I mean, they basically everything was revealed to the public about Task Force X. Right. Yeah. Out. So you know, we are gonna get. I don't know how they're gonna come back. Um, and what they'll do if they're under like a new, like they'll be part of like, so DC has a few like organizations, DEO, Argus, there could be a new one they could be part of uh, with that. But we did see, um, oh, I'm blank, Economist, he goes back to, um, was it Blackgate or Bell Reeve? He went back to Bell Reeve at the end too. So we don't know what's going to happen with this crew, if it'll be different actors, but yeah, I'm excited for a second season and because it seems like they can do whatever they want and just have a good time. Right. All righty. I love it. Well, cool. Well, that is, uh, that kind of wraps us up, taking us up out of the geek easy. So now it's time to get the phone out. Uh, again, get up that, that uh, app for Air Qantas. And we're going to need to get down to the Lenda, to the Thunderdome to entertain our mutants. 
with a topic or game. So let's make it happen. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we watched a movie, and that would be 2022's, formerly supposed to be 2020's, Uncharted. My goodness. This is a Sony joint. Um, this is also uh, based on the Sony video game series by Naughty Dog. There's been uh, six total games, one on a handheld. The rest have been uh, placed on since PlayStation 3 came out. This is essentially um, picking up where Indiana Jones started it. Tomb Raider picked it up, moved it forward a little bit. The movies weren't very good. Um, and then we got Uncharted, kind of bringing back that adventurer looking for gold, uh, comedy, a little bit of drama, a little bit like that. And then the games have been highly successful. And Sony's wanted to get a movie franchise that's done for years, and now they have it. Um, and I saw it on Saturday. Charlie, you saw it today. Mm -hmm, exactly. So, um, kicking it right off, I'm just I'm going to jump ahead and I'm going to ask a weird question. Um, who was the dude on the beach providing the super obvious cameo? Because April and I even paused to each yes. other and said, what is that all about? So help, okay. help, help me with that before we get started. So, yes. Yeah, so the person that they met on the beach uh, in the middle of the movie is Nolan North. Nolan North is the voice actor who does uh, Nathan Drake in the games. You know, not five seconds before you said that, and after I said voice it, I said, I bet that guy was involved in the games and somehow. Yep. That's that's super fun. I like that. So anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Todd, after you saw it yesterday, I was like, you know, give me give me a half of a Reader's Digest version of this. Tell me what you thought, because obviously we're going to talk about it on the program, and I'd not seen it before. And I think you said something to the, the effect of um, – Oh, geez, I should probably look back at, at what you had said. Um, but essentially, no, you know, the, the, the bullet point, kind of the main point of that is no video game knowledge is required. And that's great because, again, you know, all things with adaptations, I think, have to do with barriers to entry. It's the same thing with franchises. Oh, I didn't see the last movie. I didn't see the last... 22 movies if it's marvel you know what i mean exactly I, you know i well, you know our our shared friend uh courtney casey is is kind of that way with the marvel movie she's like god i didn't see those movies and anytime i come across one of those movies it's really frustrating because i don't know anything about them and so it it scares me off of really wanting to watch them and that's that's very true and you're right so barriers to entry when you have some big gargantuan adaptation or something is you know like great example is Halo coming up on Paramount Plus in the next couple of months. I'm really excited about that after having watched the trailer, but my fear, of course, having no knowledge of the fact that, oh, he's the Master Chief and he's a dude in a, you know, rock-solid, cool armor set, but am I going to be able to segue into it without having to rely on Star Wars Easter eggs to to further the story along. Am I going to really be able to get it? And I, you know, I will commend yeah, this film. Charlie. Yeah. And I will say, I will say at least on the Halo one, they're doing something which I think is the right move. They right. are essentially taking elements of Halo, but they're doing their own story. So essentially, okay. it's going to so be it's, the, it's going to be the, the, the Halo verse. Exactly. Kind of like the, I don't want to call it like the Calvin to give it a bad taste in the mouth, but I think it's the appropriate thing because the right. Halo, I would say, Halo's a good game with a story that is so convoluted and not very well told that I mm -hmm. think it's to its betterment to do something that's more story focused. 
Okay, okay. I like that, and I, and I think this film benefited from that because obviously you kick off. Great way to start it off. They did kind of the the. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because we have this as our uh, our opening sequence on Code Forty Seven with a record needle scratch because our our mutual cosplay wife uh, Mark Carabin recorded the intro to our Code Forty Seven show, the show that I produced for Star Trek, where you have the record needle scratch, and I love that because that was very much this. Oh, you got him falling out of the plane and 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 jumping over cargo or whatever, and what the hell's going on? And they take it from that and then jump it all the way back to his origin story, where he's you know, yeah, it, it was funny. I, I turned to April and I said. This doesn't really make a lot of sense because he and his brother are growing up in an orphanage and, you know, 15 years prior to the main story. I'm like, do they really have orphanages anymore? Is that still a thing? Is this is this the 1890s? Is this Oliver Twist? I just don't really get it. I just I, I, I guess I, you know, and, and again, somebody please hit me up on Twitter at the C3. Let me know if orphanages are still a thing because I guess I didn't really, really realize there was, but I have never, well, I went to an orphanage once in Korea. We were there to do some charity work. Sure. I have never been one in the United States. That, so. And that's what I'm thinking. And this was based in Boston, which is where, which is where it's funny how Tom Holland uh, is, his character, Nathan Drake is from Boston, yet he speaks with the exact New York accent of Peter Parker, which is where he lives as an adult. So I guess the Boston to New York accent is kind of interchangeable if you live in oh, New York Oh, don't tell City. that to a New Yorker or Boston. No, or yeah, exactly. They'll yeah, New yeah, yeah, I can catch ya. Uh, look, I edited myself. You appreciate that. But anyway, yeah, we uh, we do find out that uh, obviously Tom Holland's character of Nathan Drake has an older brother, Sam, who runs off after being pinched by the law when they were kids, but says, I'll find you someday. And, and uh, you know, we flash forward to, uh, and they're both big history buffs. They're studying this map of Magellan and this ancient uh, golden treasure that's somewhere in the world. And obviously, you know, this flashback, uh, this framing sequence uh, setting up what the story's plot is going to be. And so we flash forward to present day. And uh, basically, Nathan Drake, Tom Holland's character, is a grifter working as a uh, bartender in a bar in New York City, uh, where he is approached by, I just remember, Sully Sullivan, I want to call him, you know, let's make the most Irish character, most Irish character as possible, played by Mark Wahlberg, aka Marky Mark, whose acting chops still do not sway me. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's in the, I will tell you a little bit of uh, of the noise with the, right. the, the the video game audience. So a little bit of context. So this is not a direct adaptation of any of the games. So this okay. is taking this is taking bits and pieces of the games um, because the first game is takes place when Nate's like and Sully have known each other for like 10 years. So that's kind of like where the first game takes second sequ- subsequent games kind of build on the back history uh, a lot of those things what you saw with nate and his brother sam um is essentially a flashback like in the last game um which is interesting so in that in the last game is really about sam and nate finally getting together and going on an adventure together i don't know if that's going to happen in these movies but we, we can talk about that so and then sully is when we see him in the, the modern games he's white haired mustache just kind of a uh, smokes a cigar, just a, just a good guy. Um, so a lot of people were very upset when Mark Wahlberg was cast in this because they're like, he doesn't fit the bill. And I'm like, you know what? Let's see where this goes. And I will say he is, he's serviceable in this, but he's not distracting. 
And that's a that's a win. <laughs> I, I think I, well, I think that's a hundred percent. And again, I, coming with no knowledge of it, again, this is not a um, this this is not the Royal Shakespeare Company of productions that would fit the bill. You know what I mean? Uh, because you know Indiana Jones kind of sets the benchmark mm-hmm. of what these films are supposed to be like. You know, Tomb Raider a little bit more comical. Uh, what the hell? You know, Tomb Raider rebooted. Dora the Explorer. I don't know. A lot of different things that might be kind of in the subgenre, but it's not really supposed to be so damn serious. And no. so t- take it to so damn serious. Uh, and again, I think that there's great chemistry uh, between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in this film. And isn't that really more important than, oh, he didn't have gray hair or, or he wasn't this thing or that thing. But, you know, while, you know, again, Mark Wahlberg is never going to be Sir Patrick Stewart as an actor. Uh, yeah. He's go- he's going to achieve in a, in a lot of the roles that he gets what he's really intended to do, and I think that this does that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Obviously, to launch off for an adventure around the world, uh, there's a girl involved, of course. Um, but again, uh, even the relation the the relationship between what, what's the young lady's name? Her name is Chloe. Chloe, there you go. Which is kind of a generic. It was kind of a generic name that's supposed to sound fancy, but it's not. But it's a great example. Uh, even that, uh, th- there's a lot of elements of this that kind of feel. Todd, what was the what was the expression I used in the pre-roll? Kind of toothless. It's like I felt that some of the interplay of the action was kind of toothless. You know, you know, there was gunplay. Nobody really, nobody really seemed to get hurt. Somebody would get shot and fall down, or whatever it is. Um, well, there was- somebody did get hurt. And that would be Antonio Banderas, who I thought right. was going to make it through the film, and he didn't. Well, you know, and that's a great example because the uh, the head villainess, uh, who is a, an African a black lady, I say African American, but I understand black is the more appreciable expression these days, or so I'm told, is a black woman. Uh, she cuts his throat, but there's nary any blood. There's like a little yeah. stripe. So, you know, to me, I, I look at that and then I, you know, in particular, I'm looking at the fact that once they reach kind of the third act and you see Tom Holland and Chloe are sharing a hotel room, he takes a shirt on, he takes a shirt off. She's in bed. He's not in bed at the same time. So you're thinking, okay, is there a love story here? Do they, do they, do they get together? Whatever it is. So it feels like much like with the, the action sequences and any potential violence or, or bloodiness um, that the, the, the sex aspect of this is kind of danced around. So it feels kind of weird to me. This is obviously tied to you and I were talking about this in the pre-roll it's uh, PG 13 rated, but it just, you know, I think about your core audience, this game, this, they've been making this game for a long time. I mean, when, when was the first, when did the first uncharted come out? Like 2007. Okay. So, you know, it's, Basically, fifteen years gone by. Yeah. So, any, you know, anybody who played the first Uncharted game in two thousand and seven, let's say they were a teenager, they're an adult now. They're in the, you know, they're in their late twenties, they're in their early thirties, whatever it is. So, you have an adult audience. It just, to me, in some ways, this seems like this could have been a little edgier than it was because it seemed, in, in a lot of ways, a lot of the, a lot of the edges of this seemed to be kind of dulled, and I, it was noticeable to me. That, that, that's what I, I guess. That, 
that's I, what I guess I just I didn't. Make. Yeah, I guess I just didn't feel that way. I, I kind of felt like Indiana Jones didn't have a lot of sex in it. There wasn't nudity. There wasn't. Like, there wasn't a lot of blood and guts in Indiana Jones. So in that take, I took it more like that way. That it was kind of like it's more of an adventure. It's fun. It's it's lighthearted. It's supposed to be an, an adventure. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Gritty. I don't know how lighthearted I necessarily felt the Indiana Jones films were, particularly the original trilogy. Oh, like fun, in cheek, a little bit, yeah, a little goofy. You know, why did it have to be snakes? Stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, monkey brains. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, but they essentially want to make a movie that's for the whole family. PG thirteen. You don't go R if you want the whole family. So I think that was their intent. Give it a little bit of um, some elements that are like like the fight scenes. I thought were pretty good between Marky Mark and um, uh, the the antagonist. I thought that was a pretty good fight scene. Um, and I thought the elements of adventure kind of nailed a lot of the Indiana Jones elements, like going through spain and and going to the catacombs and things like that it was it was it was fun it was enjoyable it wasn't right. rewriting right, any right. book i mean it, right, it right. wasn't writing the book so um and right. yeah the edge the, the games it's funny because that's in the games um they always make fun of the fact that nate's supposed to be a hero but he's killed like eighty five thousand people and it's like oh is he really a hero and i'm like so in this one they really right. this was really his his origin story and you only see him use a gun once and i think sully doesn't even use a gun so you don't really see the good guys really use any weapons except for chloe does once and then she doesn't i don't think she gets anybody she ends up getting some uh, of the the cargo that kills people so you know it's it's it was it was light fair is the best way to put it i i agree i agree yeah light light fair lightish fair um, that didn't uh, it didn't dig too deep, but it didn't necessarily dig too narrow. And again, yeah, so I I, I find it very serviceable. Um, and again, I didn't sit all the way through the credits. We got a mid credit stinger, which which I knew was coming because it's like well, I got to tee it up for the possible whatever. Because it was teased that you know his brother you know his brother was was gone. He didn't even say got killed. His brother's gone. It shot. Like well, he's they yeah. said he was shot and left behind. So yeah, right, exactly. So it kind of felt like I was watching a Disney cartoon. Um, yeah, but yes, you saw you saw the stinger that he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, well, that's like that was not even a stinger because that was before the credits rolled. So it was right. like an actual element of the film, which is like right. that kind of made sense that they would do that. But the stinger was interesting because Euron Greyjoy, the actor who played him from Game of Thrones, uh, you know, wearing an eye patch, so he's a bad guy. Um, that's an element that is bringing in a plot line from the second game where right. they're essentially going after some Nazi treasure. There you go, and hopefully, there you go. Some, see, yeah, hopefully some not because where where the Nazis at Argentina. Hopefully that will absolutely play a role. So anyway, yeah, I you know I enjoyed this film. Uh, your third act, flying the ships of Magellan around, where it was a little beyond ridiculous. But again, you, you had to you had to give into the poetic license of the whole thing. I do like that the. Um, the uh, black female villain at the end got squished by a ship. Oh, that was that great! Was, I'm like, oh, she's going to survive. Kind of no, she isn't. No, I, I well, yeah, exactly. It's 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 the Marvel theory. Your your villain has to die at the end. So, um, yeah, I would say I would say I you know, and again, I like the fact that I 
it was okay to go into this uninformed. Oh yeah, so you, you didn't have to feel like, oh god, I don't know. Play all five video all. games before you come in, Charlie. Yeah, it's a requirement. Right, right. <laughs> Again, it was it was very serviceable, and I and I did I did appreciate that. So yeah, I enjoyed myself, and I would say out of you know uh, out of big gold chunks, I would give this a like a maybe like a seven. I dug it. It was it was fun. It was fun. Uh, before I give my score, I just want to say my favorite moment of the movie that made me actually laugh was gum was like a big part of this film. Like he loved to chew bubble gum, but he, you know, basically he's giving Sully like the treasure he had in his pockets. He gives him the piece of gum and I'm like, oh, this is a touching moment. <laughs> he throws the gum out the window. That made me laugh because I'm like, OK, they didn't get into this happiness. So it's just going to be that's going to be the relationship going forward. You know, breaking balls. There you go. Breaking balls. Yes. Breaking balls level bubble yum, which myself, I pick up the multi packs of extra gum at the Walgreens, but that is just me. Not hubba bubba or bubble yum. No, big, big league chew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A pouch of gum in shreds. But I will give this a seven as well. I think it, like I said, it could have gone really bad. But I think they nailed enough, and it's obviously very popular. The movie is uh, going to make like fifty-one million. It was only yeah. started to make thirty million. So right, yeah, and, and and again in this post-COVID world, which miraculously I'm hearing things on the news lately that we are improving with COVID <laughs> numbers. I, I'm hearing this. Hopefully, I'm not the only person hearing this, and hopefully, by speaking these words, I've not condemned us all to oh, another another year of horror. I apologize, but. You know, hopefully we will we will find a way to battle our way back to some kind of normalcy. So with the box office in particular, trying to control our small corner of whatever it is. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this. It was it was you know, I, I would definitely say it was, it was OK. I'll give it an OK rating. I, Charlie, go. I said this was more fun than good. And in a rare occurrence, I will agree. There we go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I'm all empty. Clink. Oh, my goodness. And with that, that is actually the end of our program. Uh, friends, thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Tell your mother I said hi. Is that what it goes? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yo, chi- yo, chicken. How's it hanging? How's your mother? <laughs> Marky Mark. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.